Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Probably waking up to a really cold weather. Quite the chill. Um, Extra blankets on the bed last night. Was prepared for this kind of cold. And today, rather than doing anything in the garden, which I won't be, um, I am going to put on a warm pair of sweatpants, um, hot cocoa, maybe another cup of coffee. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to sit around all day. It's cold out. There's no reason for me to be outside. There shouldn't be a reason for you to be outside. I I, I know you're like, oh, but my garden. Oh, but your garden is going to be there tomorrow and the next day. And you can't stop the cold. You can't make it go away. So why don't you let it run its course? By doing so, it, uh, by letting it run its course, it lets you take the day off. You are not going to recover anything. Sorry. Uh, if you haven't already made the appropriate moves to protect your plants, you're not going to be able to do it now. Yeah, you're, you're not going to improve the situation. So this would be a good day to stay inside and, I don't know, plant seeds. Start some new tomatoes, um, things like that. We're going to start some uh, Aunt Molly's ground cherries, husk cherries this year. Hopefully, we didn't have luck with the seeds last year, but we kind of figured out why it was too cold in my house for the seeds to germinate. So we'll be looking at getting a uh, heat mat to see if that won't help get them to germinate. I like the husk cherries. They're delicious, productive. Um, they're easy to, easy to take care of. Normally, if you plant them, you're going to wind up with a situation that you're going to have a bunch of volunteers. They, they reseed reasonably well. They're not crazy about how they reseed. They're easy to get rid of because when you see them come up, if you don't want them there, they pull out real easily. But um, lessons learned. We had to do some looking and found that they want much warmer soil than we provided them. And as a result, they didn't germinate very well. So this time we're going to get a heat mat and use it to help uh, warm up the soil. Heat mats are inexpensive. For those of you who are of an age, they're not much different from the one that went under your waterbed. Uh, they will keep the tray warm. They don't cook it, but they can raise the soil temperature 
these needed a soil temperature of about 80. I never let the inside of my house reach 80 degrees. So they never got warm enough to germinate. No big deal. We'll try it again this year. We'll be better prepared for it. And we'll find out if we can't get them to start. Really like the plant. If you've not tried it, if you haven't planted one, um, if you've got a spot, they're very similar to tomatoes in their needs, and they can be really productive. They can produce a lot of ground cherries, and the ground cherries will really, really impress you with how good they taste. They keep for a long time, too. Folks, let's go to the phone. Uh, this is Charles. Charles, what can I help you with? I've been uh, transplanting some small live oak trees uh, from one place on my property to another, and they have long, deep roots. They're about a, the uh, tree's about a foot and a half, two feet tall. And could you tell me where I could buy some extra tall plastic uh, growing containers, plus or minus uh, uh, five gallon size, plus or minus a, a gallon? Uh, online is eighteen inches tall. Online is where you can get bulk nursery containers. That's what you're talking about. And they have a full selection as to, I want a really small one, I want a really big one. Um, unfortunately, uh, I don't know of a place in town. If you can look and see if we have, uh, if there's a hydroponic shop still in town, they tend to have those, and you can go in and, you know, choose the size you need and as many as you need. But if there isn't, uh, if there aren't any hydroponic shops in town anymore in Austin, you're going to have to order it online. You want to look for nursery. It'll say nursery pot, and um, they can come in sizes from you know, the four four inch pot, like a start, all the way to 30 gallons. All you gotta do is tell them what size you need and how many and they'll ship them to you. The nice thing is they're not real heavy. So you don't usually have to pay a lot for the shipping. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You bet, good luck. Um, let's see, this is Karen. Karen, what can I help you with? Well, I love the idea of staying inside and warm. I'm going to take down my Christmas decorations and decorate in a winter wonderland thing. <laughs> um, I did that last week. It was still oh, warm enough to go outside. But, so, yeah, we took the tree and stuff this, down. I've got all those drop cloths out there. And I think you said something the other day, the drop cloths will only give you four or five degrees more warmth. So what good is that going to do us when it's 15 degrees out and we're all perfectly covered, but we're only making it 15 to 20? Uh, that's the problem with them. There is no solution to the drop cloth and keeping it warmer. 
Now, there are lots of folks who have a zillion ideas, things like get Christmas tree lights, ones that are rated for outside, and put those under there, turn them on. That will give you some more degrees of heat underneath there. I know people that'll put um, a ceramic uh, tray, drip tray, and on top of it we'll put a, a small candle and then put a pot, a ceramic pot, upside down on top of it. That, huh. candle's, that candle's heat will radiate to the clay, warm up the clay, and that will be a heat source. Please be cautious because you're talking about having a flame underneath there, but right. it can provide heat if you have like um, a hoop house or a, a hoop row. But really, what, pro- the, what the, products do you use then? To are you doing candles and Christmas tree lights, or do you have some better, better type of drop cloth? Nope, it, it really isn't going to be the drop cloth that's going to make the big difference. I uh, let them freeze. Not everybody wants to hear that, but when we get to this temperature, anything I have out there is stuff that's from last summer and it's not supposed to be still going i mean i was picking tomatoes christmas day that sounds silly but we picked tomatoes christmas day and peppers bell peppers but this cold is going to be a nope sorry it's time for these plants to die and i'm going to pull them out and get ready for next spring but that's the problem with drop cloth. It helps. It really does. But when we get this cold, it's not going to help enough. So you got to provide supplemental heat. I know people that will, so long as you make sure that you're safely plugging it in and it's rated for outdoor use and you do not let the drop cloth touch it, they'll get a coop bulb. It's a ceramic it's a ceramic heat lamp basically that provides heat. People will use it in brooder houses when they're raising chickens. It'll keep the chicks warm. And that heat can then be captured underneath the drop cloth and will really warm up the place. But there's the issue of I'm plugging things in outside. Okay. Well, I'm, I've done the best I can then, uh, and I appreciate the little dose of reality. I've done the best I can. That's exactly all you need to worry about. You did what you could. Congratulations. So <laughs> hope that the freeze doesn't last long. See you on the other side next week. Yep. Thanks for the call, Karen. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, cold, isn't it? Nothing requires you to be outside today. 
Now, Karen called and she was talking about, I put down drop cloths, I, I covered everything, etc. But because the frost cloths will only give you about, on a good day, six degrees of coverage. And the other good thing is, is that even if it's super cold, they will prevent the wind from causing you problems. Six degrees, we got down to 25. That means it was below freezing under your drop cloth. You did what you could do. I'm sorry, that sounds kind of flippant, but they're plants, not puppies. Yes, it would be really great to be able to throw some magic cover over your plants and tomorrow, or Wednesday, when we start warming up again, you pull it off and everything's happy and fine. That may not happen, folks. We get so cold that we're colder than the protective cover. You do what you can do. It's one of the reasons we have seasonal plants. Certain seasons, they'll do great. And then we get this kind of cold and they freeze. Or worse, they do great and we get way too hot in the summer and they can't take it. So this is what we got to deal with here. It's frustrating. But that's, that's, that's what we got. You do what you can do. Some years are better than others. Some years you're like, wow, I never got cold enough. Everything made it through. I protected it. It came up. And then there's years like the freeze apocalypse where we got down to single digits. That meant everything under that frost cloth was freezing. Everything. Even... Some of those pop-up greenhouses couldn't stay warm enough and things froze in them. Do what you can do. Uh, nature, she's, she's going to make the rules. You got to try to work with her and understand what's going on. Also, make some wise choices. We pick plants sometimes because we think they look cool and they grow here. The reality is they sort of grow here, sort of grow here. And we plant them and invest in them. And then we get this sudden cold, boom, no tree. I don't know if people remember we had a big run where palm trees were the thing. I found that kind of weird, but people were putting palm trees in like crazy. And we had varieties that could handle pretty normal weather here. So they were doing okay. And then the freeze apocalypse came and we lost so many palm trees. Heck, we were losing trees that were native to here. It got so cold. This is what you deal with. Nature has rules. You got to follow her rules. You don't. This is the results that happen. So 
you gotta you gotta cross your fingers sometimes, and sometimes you gotta accept the loss. And when you do that, when you finally go, well, it just got too cold. But you look and you have other plants that you didn't expect to make it and they did. It makes up for it. It would be great. It would be great. If, in fact, we were an environment where we always knew how cold it would get at worst and how hot it would get at worst. And then we could pick plants that fit in between those two numbers. When we talk about the USDA zones, you know, we were, we're zone eight. Well, we're not zone eight anymore. We're getting a lot closer to zone nine because we've warmed up. But the zone number doesn't mean Oh, this is the limit. No, 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 no. If you're in zone eight, for example, that may mean that on average, we will get down to 10 to 15 degrees during the winter. That's going to be the average cold. And you know what happens when you're talking an average? <laughs> There's going to be the year where it's 10 times worse than we expected. The USDA zone is measured over 30 years. And it's calculated as every one of those 30 years for this particular place on the map, these are the temperatures we saw during the winter. And they average them out to create the zone map. That's great, except that's the problem with an average. You're always going to have the odd year. And the odd year may be like right now, only a couple of days where we're much colder than the zone map says we should be. The USDA zone map is a suggestion. It's just a little guidance. And the USDA zone map down here, we're really interested in because of the cold. The problem is there's also a heat map. There are places that will say, we're zone eight. Plants will grow there. But if you take that plant in that zone eight, for example, Vancouver, and you bring it down here to Texas, that plant may melt because our heat map is almost uh, five times more days of hot weather here than in Vancouver, even though we still have the same zone. So you see, There's simply guidelines. There's simply guidelines. So keep that in mind. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. Going to break for the news. We'll be right back. 
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> um, cold. <laughs> yeah, it's really bothers him. I'm more worried about the possibility of precipitation. Yes, I know. I have been a big advocate for getting any kind of rain we can. And believe it or not, sleet, frozen rain, snow, they're all forms of rain. They're just in different shapes. Even those kind of uh, periods of precipitation will provide moisture to the soil. And we, we desperately need more, desperately need more. I'll take it, but we have to be careful. Sleet and freezing rain is what breaks tree branches and power lines and causes car accidents. Now, when I grew up in the Midwest, we'd turn around, wake up in the morning or sometimes start at night at four or five, six inches of snow. And it was super fun to go out in driving around in it. When I was super young and super dumb, it's dangerous, folks. If you don't have to be out when this is happening, don't be out. If you have to be out, turn your lights on, please. It's amazing to see people driving in the dark with their lights off. But be careful. We could get slick roads. And if we have the sleet, freezing rain, etc., and high wind, that's going to put a lot of stress on everything from trees to power lines. And we could wind up having to replace them. They all snap or break and lose power. That's always terrible. That is always a bad thing. But we'll see what we get. We're looking at super cold through Wednesday. Wednesday will finally come up solidly above freezing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, same thing. So overnight freezes will not be a bad thing so long as we're going to wind up warming up afterwards. And we should be. We should be warming up afterwards. Now, uh, I'm looking right now. One of the stations is talking about an ice forecast. A tenth of an inch, that's a lot of ice. That's a small number, but that can be a lot of ice. Can you do anything if you get up and you go and you look and your trees are covered with ice? Can you do anything? No. As a matter of fact, you kind of need to stand back. If we get... If we get iced over trees, 
if we get them and you're out there underneath them and suddenly branches snap, that's a bad thing. But there's nothing you can do. If you go out there and you look and you see nothing but ice on your trees, if they're all shiny and frozen, stand back. When we warm up, we will warm up and it will drip the ice off and your tree will get watered. But other than covering the plant, other than throwing a cover over it to keep the ice off of it, which is kind of hard to do when we're talking a tree, there's nothing you can do if the tree is coated. Now, I'm just now thinking about really disappointed. We got cold enough last night. I mean, really cold last night. And my loquats have bloomed and budded and are trying to start fruit. And it was cold enough last night that I can't guarantee that the fruit survived. It's really disappointing. I love loquats. I've done good with them, except they go crazy and bloom, and then we get this kind of freeze, and we lose all the fruit. It's disappointing. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that maybe we didn't get that cold for them, but uh, I'm, I'm not holding out. I'm, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. What about your other plants? Well, anything that blooms is probably going to be losing the bloom. The flower will freeze. That means it falls off. If it is a fruit producing plant, you're not going to get fruit. And that's frustrating. But it's what we got to deal with. Can you do anything other than covering them to try to provide as much heat as you can? And, and again, it's only four to six degrees of coverage. Um, no, there's not a lot you can do. Probably, and, and I've seen it on TV because Florida is really taking a beating on the cold. You see people spraying the plants and coating them with ice. Not practical here. Not in this situation. They have multi-million, if not multi-billion dollar investments in those orange groves. They have the equipment to properly spray them to get just enough mist on them for it to freeze and everything inside the ice will stay at 32 and no lower. And that keeps the plant alive and hopefully the fruit. That is not something that works here. You, you are not gonna get a benefit by going out into your vegetable garden or flower garden and trying to mist your plants to put a coat of water on them that you hope is going to freeze and act as protection. That's uh, 
that's not a practical experience here. When you have big money uh, orange groves, you can afford the equipment. You can uh, get out there and get things covered the way they're supposed to be. But we don't have that for any of our other plants. Uh, you're not going to save broccoli or you're not going to save lettuce and spinach by freezing them. You'll lose the leaves in most cases, though the trick is going to be if it's a well-established plant, you may lose some leaves. You may lose all of the leaves. But if the roots are still good and the ground didn't freeze, they'll put on new leaves. And that's the trick. Keep your fingers crossed. We're not going to be cold enough, long enough to freeze the ground. Yeah, the air temperatures will be really damaging, but we're not going to freeze the soil, which would kill the roots. So you may lose some leaves on flowers, on veggies, and turn around once we warm up, and guess what? They're going to pop up again. And it'll be okay. It'll work out. The other advantage is at this time of the year, we're not too late to plant all new crops. You can do a whole new spread of broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, all the brassicas. You should be able to keep your root crops like beets and carrots and things like that growing just fine. And if they happen to die, if they don't make it, there's plenty of time to put new seed in. So that's an advantage of the winter. We got to deal with these kind of cold snaps, but we have such a long, generally a long growing season that allows us to lose an entire crop and still have time to start a new one. So disappointing. Yes. I lost a whole crop. That is terrible. But I got time to start an entire new one. I personally would be waiting till it warms up, simply because I don't want to be out in this cold. But if I had to, I could start an entirely new crop to replace my damages. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I will not be in my garden today. Nope. Not going to happen. It's too cold out there. There is no reason for me to be in my garden today. I took the time over the last three days, actually, knowing that this weather was coming, I made a simple list of things that the last time it froze, here's what problems were. And I 
started crossing off the list to take care of things. I have not turned off my water. <clears throat> it's dripping. And uh, I'm going to let it drip. I have the ability to turn my water off because I have 15 gallons of water in jugs that I can use if I have to. I'm turned off my faucets so they won't freeze. I covered them with those styrofoam caps to keep them warm. I mean, I did all the things that are going to be the worst damage from the cold. If they go bad, this is going to go bad and it, it's going to be terrible. But I'm prepared for it. My plants, sorry. A bunch of them are getting sacrificed. If they don't make it, they don't make it. This is not so cold that it should take out any of my trees. Other than losing, possibly losing the fruit on my loquats, everything else is used to this kind of weather. So basically I just have to wait until we get to Wednesday, when we warm up into, quote, normal temperatures again and go out and see if I really did suffer any damage. I may, I may not, but even if I do, there's nothing I can do about it today. There's nothing I'm going to do about it today. It's cold, and those plants may have taken a beating, I'm not going to take a beating in the cold. Sorry. I, they'll get by or they won't. I don't have anything that is so crucial that it's going to be a big deal. Now, I did pull a potted citrus plant into my garage. <clears throat> I did bring in a potted bay laurel. And the really beautiful agave, uh, a Queen Victoria agave that I've had for years just because I wanted to protect them. That was it. Everything else that's out there in a container is either going to freeze and die or freeze and come back in the spring. My goji berry is an excellent example. It is a very productive plant. It has come back every year, no matter how cold it has been. And produces a lot of fruit. <clears throat> I have other plants out there that, nope, gonna die. I can go get another one. It's not that big a deal sometimes. I don't commit to them that much. So I got a couple of days of kicking back, crossing my fingers and hoping things come back. A month from now, I'm going to be a little upset because my electric bill is probably going to be ridiculous 
trying to stay warm. But I'm even working on that because I have all kinds of sweatpants and hats and long sleeve shirts and jackets, sweaters, cover me up so that I am comfortably warm without having to crank up the heat. For those of you who've brought plants inside, particularly in like a living room, look at where you set your plants down. Do any of your vents, your air conditioning heating vents, do any of them blow directly on the plant? That can be an issue. You're going to dry the plant out. You can move them out of that airflow. They don't need that kind of heat. They need a warm room that's not freezing. But when those vents are blowing directly on your plants, they will dry them out. Now, you can get a humidifier for your home. I have two. And they have really helped. But just moving them out of the airflow of the heat vent will make a big difference to keep them happy. Won't dry them out as fast. You can also mist them. Get a spray bottle, crank it down so it's a mist, and lightly mist them once you've brought them in. My uh, plants that I brought in are on the other side of the room from the vent. So they're not going to take the, the heat and dry out that they would if they were on the other side of the room, underneath the vents. So if you've brought in plants, remember that. And, you know, you should be considering that throughout the winter. If you have indoor plants, they don't have to worry about freezing because you keep them in your home. But in the winter, when you are running your heat, you're more likely to have it run. You're drying the air out and you're blowing that dry air down on those plants. So if they're looking a little ragged, if it seems like they're not getting watered properly and you know that you're doing it right, look and see where the plant is in relation to the room. Are they in the airflow of one of your heat vents? If they are, consider moving them out of that way. That will make the plants much happier. Easy to do. And again, this is for your regular indoor plants too, not just the ones you bring in to keep from freezing. You'd hate to go to the trouble to bring it in, to try to keep it happy and healthy and keep it from freezing, and you wind up burning it up because you dry it out from where you put it in your home. That would be frustrating. It's like, I look, I go to all this trouble to save you, and you still get yourself in trouble. Oh, well. Look at where your plants are relative relative to the airflow in your home. Are the heaters blowing? Are they blowing on these plants? Are they drying them out? Keep that in mind, whether it's plants you bring in 
or they happen to be indoor plants that you've had growing in your home for years. That will make everybody happier. That will definitely make your plants happier. It is going to be cold through Wednesday. Take precautions. Keep yourself warm. Uh, hopefully the grid's going to hold up. This is sort of the first significant test of it. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if it does. Sure hope it does because it is too cold to be outside. It's too cold to have a house with no heat. But uh, that's the kind of weather we should expect. Now, we should be in good warm weather starting Wednesday, mid-40s to mid-60s. The lows may still be below freezing. Remember, it's the amount of time that we stay cold that really drives the impact on our plants. So after Wednesday, we get one bad period gone, and then we're going to go for a while where we're still going to get cold. We still may freeze, but it's going to warm up again above freezing every day. Basically, welcome to winter. This is... Uh, pretty normal around here. It could be so much worse. We're all aware of how bad it could be. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. Uh, hope you stay warm today. I will talk to you all again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Um, try to enjoy the weekend. I'll see you then.